Good morning, everyone. You blessed my heart, and I think you blessed the heart of my Heavenly Father. I happened to look at the time, and I think we were singing like at two minutes or three minutes till. How do you think that made God feel when he, see, he sent his son down here, and there's a group of people that was there a little early to worship? Don't you think it made a smile of approval? Lord bless you for that. I'd like to read you a little story for the introduction of the message this morning. The power of influence. Have you ever stopped to think how you are influenced by your surroundings? The story is told of a poor old woman who lived in a tumble-down house long ago. The roof thatch was rotting. The log chinks were falling out, and the old chimney bricks were crumbling. Dust and grime covered the interior, but the woman seemed not to notice. Her clothes were ragged, her hair unkept, and her face and hands encrusted with dirt. One day, a little girl gave the woman a beautiful white lily. No one had ever given her such a gift. She found a vase, put the flower in it, but something was wrong. That beautiful flower was out of place in such a dirty container. Carefully, she washed the vase, sparkling clean, put the flower in it, and set it on the table. But, alas, the table is dirty. It's filthy. So she scrubbed it until it shone. Standing back to admire the results, the woman stared in dismay at the muddy floor. Dirty walls and dust-covered furniture. She went to work again. And finally, the entire house matched the beautiful lily in the vase. But another look in the freshly cleaned mirror revealed that her face was still grimy. That too she tackled with a burst of determination. Do you see yourselves in this story? Our Lord, the lily of the valley, does not live in houses but in the hearts of men. He will not share his residence with filth, trash, and clutter, even if it's stashed in the attic of our minds. James, it talks about that he that looketh into the mirror and forgets what he sees doesn't get much benefit. Is there anybody here this morning that didn't look in the mirror? I felt safe in asking that question. Okay. Is there anybody here that looked in the mirror this morning and did nothing about it, what they seen? They said, hmm, looks pretty good. Hmm, you're normal. You've seen something that you didn't really like. It might have been two hair, maybe just one hair, especially on this side, that wasn't quite where it belonged. Okay, this morning we want to look into the mirror of God's Word. And this mirror... You know, they say mirrors don't lie, but liars look in the mirrors. Well, I debate that quote a little bit because they have mirrors that distort things. But in a, in a flat glass mirror. The title of the message this morning is, What Doth Your Heart Desire? Let's turn our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 55. What did you come to Bible school for? Now, most of you would not be... Uh, wouldn't want to just say that you came for volleyball, that you came for the fellowship. You'd, you'd want to say that you came for good reasons, and, and that's good. But really, what did you come to Bible school for? Did you come on this side of the house? Did you come to so people see your new car pickup, to hear that certain tone coming out of the exhaust, you know, a little bit of doom, 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 you know, power? 
Really? Really? Is that power? If you want power, right here's power. You know, when you shut the key off, what happens with that drone that you thought was so beautiful? What happens if somebody pulls out in front of you and you tee it? That drone dies down. It's all over. What about the sisters? I, don't, I can't think like the ladies do. But I've observed with having some daughters that, you know, they like this. They like fabric, they like dresses, they like to see different things, they like pretty things. Is that what you came to Bible school for? Or did you come to hang out with your friends? What did you come to Bible school for? Isaiah 55 says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat, yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander of the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not. And nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. That's as far as we're going to read. If you're looking for something, we're living in a society that likes things for free. You know, my wife has a store, and I find it interesting. But in the back corner of the store, she has a table that has discounted things on it. What do you think that does to the Mennonite ladies? It draws attention. Why? It's a little cheaper. That's okay. That's how we are. But you know, when it comes to the Christian life, we have the word of God and we say it's free. But yet, dear young people this morning, you're going to have to avail yourself to it. So I have a little object lesson this morning. And I'm going to be observing a little bit as I demonstrate this object lesson. How many of you like onions? Any volunteer to eat this onion for me? Why not? How many of you like lettuce? Anybody want to come up and eat this head of lettuce? Why not? Okay, you said you like it. All right. It worked. You did exactly what I wanted you to do. You know what? I put the onion out. He looked at me like, does he know what he's doing? I put the lettuce out. You weren't sure. And I put the b-ball out, the smile just went across the fruit. It worked perfectly. You're a very good audience to have an object lesson with. I see what you like the best first blush, but I also see what you enjoy 
after the first blush. So if you had choice here, which one would you take? Is there anything wrong with any of these? Don't be afraid to speak up. Shake your head one way or another. The teachers don't even, they look half scared back there. Come on, brave up. Is there anything wrong with any of these? No. But you know, I don't care to eat a pure onion, but I enjoy onions. I enjoy lettuce, but I don't really just take a head of lettuce and start eating like an apple. But what's the first thing you gravitate to? In my several years of observation, I have very seldom heard the principals say that you have to go play volleyball. It was a lot more like you hear that certain bell and it's like, oh, come on, let's keep this ball going as long as we can. Is that wrong? No, I don't think it's wrong. But really, what did you come to Bible school for? Bible school. And I appreciate that we have a Bible school. We're teaching Bible things, the subjects. You go down that list, they're all connected to the Bible. So this morning, did you come to Bible school for recreation, for volleyball? Did you come for lettuce and onions? Did you come because they're going to give you a place to discipline your cell phone use? Did you come because you want to read the Bible? So I have four things, recreation, fellowship, singing, and studying. I kind of put those probably down on the list that I figure you prioritize them. You know, you, you all enjoy a good game of volleyball, and there's nothing wrong with that. You all enjoy your recreation. You all enjoy fellowshipping, right? What would it be like if you'd all stand in a corner by yourself? That wouldn't be Bible school. We go to reconnect with old friends and to make new friends. Course, singing, it's a vital part of Bible school. What if they just say, we're not gonna have chorus this year, you'd all say, what? It's good, it's good. But now we get down to the meat, studying. Second Timothy 2.15 says, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. How many of you enjoy, just be honest, how many of you enjoy studying, really digging in? Good. I can't say that that is my first love, is sitting on a chair and studying. I'd rather be doing something. That's my first blush. But study, I just looked it up. I thought it was interesting. The devotion of time and attention to acquire knowledge. So if you study, some people have to have absence of all noises when they study. We're married at various ways that we're made. In Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 15, we have a sower going out sowing the seed. Can you... Go with me this morning. We're not going to read those verses. But as it this gives this example, it says this sower is as the Bible school teacher. He's out there using his Bible. He's sowing his seed. And the student is sitting there absentmindedly thinking of, I don't know, his future girlfriend, his what he's going to do next. I don't know where his mind might be. 
And at the end of class, he thinks, well, that was a boring class. Kind of a dry teacher after all. Another student sitting there, the same seed, heard the same thing. And he's thinking, you know, there's some good things. That's kind of enjoyable. He had kind of a little story. Yeah, I like that story. And after class, he goes on, he remembers his story. And he gets his homework out, and he looks at it, and he says, my, when did we ever discuss this in class? Then we have another one that's listening. He has interest, a little bit like it was when this came around the corner. Eyes lit up. Expressions changed a little bit. I know you tried to be pious about it, but you couldn't hide it. And that student is there, and he leaves his class, and he says, oh, I enjoyed that class. So what was wrong with the sower? I'm a farmer. We spend probably more time preparing the seed bed than we do of placing the seed. The seed is very valuable. And so, as a farmer, depth is very critical. The way it's packed in is very critical because we want every seed to germinate as close as we possibly can because we want a harvest. So the seed bed, who's going to prepare the seed bed? You are. Prepare your seed bed. When you get up in the morning, what's your first thing? Ah, that last buzzer. I get to play volleyball. If it is, reprogram. Maybe your first thought is a good breakfast. But I hope somewhere in those early thoughts, I'll give you this challenge. It was a challenge I received from someone else, and I try to make it a practice to this day yet. I consider it a tremendous blessing when I wake up in the morning and I can think of on God. That just makes my day. That I have a mind that I can fathom in a small, small way the greatness of God. The greatness of his word. So this morning, I'm trying to encourage you, prepare your seedbed. So now we're going to go backwards a little bit here. So how do you prepare your seedbed? I didn't look over your schedules, but I think there's a time to be quiet. Right? Evenings? I guess I could ask the deans. They probably know more about it. But everybody's just quiet probably. Okay? Get your night's sleep. Get a good night's sleep. It will help you focus the next day. You're laying that seed bed because a teacher is going to come along and they're going to be planting seed. The seed is going to be planted up here in course. Those are all blessings that you get to enjoy at Bible school. As the seed is sown, pay attention. Self-discipline. You know, if, if it makes you hard to keep your thoughts where they should be, maybe you need to change positions. Self-discipline. How many of us like self-discipline? My, my old flesh don't like to be checked on very good sometimes. But that's part of the Christian life. That's laying the seat bed. Studying is like eating the meat. Study the word of God. 
There's a lot of people out there today that are hungry. They're, they got voids in their lives. They're looking for something. We have a neighbor man. Quite often, Sunday morning, going to church. We'll see him jogging down the road, getting his bodily exercise. He's very concerned that he stays fit bodily. But my heart goes out to the poor man. I have something that will fill that void inside. We have something to offer. Is the word of God exciting to you this morning, or is it just dry? If it's dry, pray. And it's surprisingly what you can find in the word of God. I'll give you a simple example. When I was your age, I thought the book of Isaiah is kind of a dry book. You know what? I found out that there was a dry Duane reading the book of Isaiah. When Duane changed his view of Isaiah, I love the book of Isaiah. There is many beautiful verses in there. And right here, if you're hungry and you're thirsting, come to the word of God. It'll fill you. It'll give you what you need. You don't have to walk around looking like you fell out of a rich cracker bin somewhere. You can enjoy life. That's what the word of God does for you. Studying. As we think of singing together, Isaiah 35, 10 says, And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. How often do you feel maybe just a, just a tad under the weather, and you get together and sing? It's surprising what that does, isn't it? The songs. You go to Revelations, it says we're going to sing a new song. I'm looking forward to those new songs. I think some of you are looking forward to the new songs you're learning as a chorus this year. And that's fine. That's good. Singing gospel songs, singing that edifies, encourages. And our four-part singing, blending together, makes the world stand in awe. How can you do that? Psalm 100 speaks of the blessing of music. The joy of the Lord in your heart. And you know, I remember one time having a week of revival meetings, and we used a, I used the theme song, Channels Only, Blessed Savior. And it has a thought of joy in there. And one night I challenged the young people. I said, How can, why are you singing this song with such a dry look on your face? And it was years later I went back to that same congregation, and they sang that song, and somebody I think made the comment about, I guess every time they get to that one place, they think about what somebody said. Singing expresses, expression on your face lines up with your singing, doesn't it? It's happiness. Your choice of friends, as we think of fellowship, will influence your behavior. The little story is said of a crow that was in with a flock of pigeons. The farmer shot out to get some pigeons because of the pest control. And he wounded the crow. And now this probably didn't happen exactly like this. There was a, it's a thought we can, a lesson we can learn from it. And he wounded the crow, and the crow starts crowing, bad company, bad company, bad company. There's many a young person that has been stood firm because of good company, but there's sometimes they're in bad company. So be a positive influence to each other. You know, if you're a bunkie, 
have just a little extra say at night, maybe you can say, shh, time to sleep. Instead of, somebody's going to be the proper influence. Why don't you be to each other rather than give the opportunity for people to come in and say, time to throttle down. So now we get to the part that you really enjoy. Do you know, this is probably the verse you remember of all the verses I said, but take this with a grain of salt. In Ecclesiastes 12, 12, it says, much studying is weariness of the flesh. You like that thought, doesn't it? Because that justifies the recreation that you have at night, right? I think it does. I think it does. An observation that I have made sometimes after a good game of volleyball, the young people are ready to go back and they get to work again because you got your bodily exercise. So what's, how do we conclude this whole thing? Do we, am I saying that you just can't do nothing but read the Bible? That's not what I'm trying to say. But that needs to be your priority. Am I saying that you have to eat an onion or a lettuce? It's the mixing of those things that makes a good salad. Am I saying that cell phone usage is wrong? No, I don't feel so. But who controls who? Do you control your phone or does the phone control you? Am I saying that volleyball is wrong? No. I think they all have their place. By nature, I'm a meat lover. A meal without meat is questionable to be called a meal. A day without meat is going to be a tough day. But the choice is yours. In closing, I'd like to go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Again, I was blessed when I seen the promptness this morning and I enjoyed my classes that I had yesterday and I'm looking forward to more blessings. And as we endeavor together to magnify the Lord, 1 Timothy 4, begin reading at verse 13. Till I come, Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not that gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Reading. Doctrine, doctrinal subjects, reading the word of God, separation and unconformity are doctrinal subjects. There's many other subjects that are important, but doctrinal, I feel, is things that maybe say are the meat of things that you need to understand. Salvation, the new birth, the ordinances, those are doctrinal things that you need to understand. It says meditate upon those things. And it says give thyself wholly to them. How can you read your Bible and have your mind over there? What happens if a volleyball player stands in the middle of the court with his hands in his pocket and the ball comes? He has not given himself wholly to a game of volleyball. I'm not sure why, because I'm getting too old, but when I see some of the twists and squirms and the effort that some people do to hit a ball back across the net 
and lay flat on the concrete. I'm thinking, that has to hurt. But you know what their goal is? To have victory, to be successful game. Young people, this morning, if you're willing to give that energy to the reading the Word of God and building the church of Jesus Christ, I don't know where it's going to stop. But the choice is yours. But the Bible says meditate, study, think, digest. Don't just carry the Bible in your purse. Carry it in your heart. Bible memorization, studying the Word of God. May the Lord bless you. I am blessed when I see a group of young people who love the Lord. And I think we're here this morning. And may God bless you with wisdom. I know it gets old. Every morning you feel you get preached at. Every day you got to go to lessons. Every day you got to eat dinner. Every day you have Bible reading and prayer. And every day you get to play volleyball. But it's that proper blend that's going to make you enjoy life. Shall we stand for a word of prayer? Our kind Heavenly Father, we come before you again this morning. We thank you that we have minds that we can think upon you. We thank you for Jesus, for the plan of salvation. We thank you for thy word that is forever settled in heaven. It's clarity. It's usefulness in providing the needs of mankind. We thank you for the opportunity of having a Bible school. Bless Dwight and David as they lead out today. Grant them wisdom. Grant them grace and strength and health. Pray also for each one of the teachers as we endeavor to sow the seed. May we sow it and may it bring forth fruit for you. Bless the students this morning. Bless their desires in serving you. You know what's in each heart and life. You know the struggles they may be facing. May they feel your presence in a special way. May they prepare their seed bed every night and every morning for the seed that will be sown. But we're also mindful that we have an enemy this morning who is out to destroy, who is out to distract. But we're thankful that God we serve is able and will deliver us as we commit our lives to him. May thy blessing rest upon the, the term in each heart and life and everybody as they function together that we may go home from this place on fire to serve you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated.